You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome back to The Strong Room. Here is estate and trust planning specialist Sherry McMillan talking about the importance of having a living estate plan. She's in conversation with Peter Watts of News Talk 770. Ultimately, when you create an estate, you're creating it as you go. So each calendar year, you're creating affluence. And what's important is when you create that affluence, how much of it do you get to keep? Because that's the compounding effect of opportunity costs on our money. And so if we keep more of it each calendar year and we live decades ahead into the future, obviously our estates are going to grow substantially. So as much as estate planning has importance around our passing when we die, and we want to be planning for that so we don't give up undue share of our estate to the governments. The fact is, we also want to be looking at it as a living plan, a going concern. So who needs an estate plan? Well, I think everyone that has created an estate in their life, and I think sooner is better than later. So typically, most of our families that pursue this work um, wait until they have a seven-figure type of an estate. But I think you should always consider it earlier. The earlier, the better, because by being proactive, you mitigate undue tax growing with your family's estate. So I always tell families, you know, if you think about your family and you have that wonderful nuclear family of a son and daughter, if you were perfect planners, um, then you also have to bear in mind you have one more child. And it's an adopted child. It's not the good child. It's the government, the CRA, or if you are an American person, the IRS. You are ultimately creating a tax burden as you craft your estate to come along with the family ride. And they are entitled to proportion of your estate. So what's really important, Peter, is that we take advantage of some of the opportunities that we have in our jurisdiction to mitigate and minimize that tax and that burden as we grow our estates through time. So I think a lot of business owners are often uh, really giving this a lot of contemplation because it's an asset they put their whole life's energy and work into. The other types of families that we see give this kind of contemplation is families that have U.S. property, that snowbird, um, spend time there. And a great deal of retirees today because retirees have now crafted affluence. And thankfully, they're enjoying that affluence now. But they want to be certain that they're going to keep a lot of it through the decades ahead that they're facing for lifestyle. So families that have created a sizable estate, business owners, people with a business that that ultimately will have to be transitioned to either new ownership or to some member of the family, families with conflict and addiction issues and disability um, challenges, um, again, having a plan. That's what it's all about is, is being able to plan for the possibility that. Uh, the the head of the family suddenly exits the scene and doesn't leave a mess behind. Families uh, with cottages or recreational properties and families with property in the United States, again, because of the IRS and because of the difference in rules and because of the need to be ahead of the curve and not chasing it, all of those reasons are reasons why estate planning for people with wealth should not just be a strong consideration, it should be a reality. That's right, Peter, and one of the things to of contemplation too is most of us will live a lot longer in our retirement phase of life than we did even in our working career. So when we are part of this group uh, of families that have the desire to plan, the other thing that's important to realize is our plan isn't static. It isn't once done, always done. It is completed proactively with the future in mind, but it needs to be assessed 
also on an annualized basis because it's, it's a living document. That's right. And and there's a number of reasons as to why that is. Obviously, it is because the governments will change the rules as we progress through life, um, as we can see just now historically with our new budget. Um, and it's not just taxation that changes. Legal precedents change in the court systems over time. And ultimately, that can enhance or detract from how we design our estate. And so a a case that I always share with families is a lot of people don't know there might be a difference between one jurisdiction in law and another. And so they think they've built this really nice, balanced, uh, fair estate design. But that jurisdiction that they're talking about doesn't allow for that. And so you really do have to know and keep current, what does each legislation and which does each jurisdiction actually entail? And in these days of the global village, that's more and more the reality. And that's the other challenge that we face um, as modern families. And it's a real blessing, don't get me wrong, that we have the privilege to be international families today, but it's very common today as well. So, you know, families that have had the blessing of creating affluence often expand globally, I call it. So what they do is they create affluence, it provides them opportunity, and that opportunity, they seize the day, so they buy that U.S. property. They send their children to Europe to go to school. The kids end up staying over there. Now we have, in one particular family, we could have three, four jurisdictions occurring simultaneously in this family. Well, that's a lot to consider when you're trying to play Monopoly. You know, if my child lives in England and my asset base is in BC and Phoenix and I own a business that's global, how do I design that estate? And what are all the consequences of all the tax and legislation that I need to give contemplation to? We have some real unique opportunities in Canada if we're proactive in our estate plans that other countries do not have. Um, And I always do feel, um, Canada's my home, obviously, but I always do feel when I'm planning in Canada, like we are very lucky and we are very blessed to be in this country and have the windows of opportunity that we have to design our estates. Because in some other jurisdictions, they're so much more punitive to us as families as we created affluence. So although there are new tax tables, there are some economic downturns we've all been weathering, there's still wonderful opportunities for us to seize the day and, and make sure that we keep that wealth that we've worked so hard for for our enjoyment and our children's and the ultimate goal of a life plan is peace of mind i think that's the most important facet is that we want to feel free and that's a very important word for retirees we want to feel free uh, in our life that we worked hard for to have that enjoyment in retirement and it speaks to why the suggestion is that people should start planning a little bit earlier. It's certainly the case. And what we're finding is families want to know how they can build in security and safeguarding. You know, as we craft wealth when we're younger, uh, we would take a lot of risk t- typically in order to create our affluence. And we have not a lot to lose when we begin. And so we're prepared to do that. And we craft our wealth and we create our wealth. What happens, though, is as we mature, we have had a few speed bumps that we've experienced in life and we gain wisdom from that. And then what happens is as we're starting to shift, we want to slow down. We don't want the responsibilities in the same level. Um, We want to have maybe a time out in retirement and take some downtime for ourselves. We then want a measure of security built into our estates. And we find that every decade a family matures, they want more and more security, not less security. 
There's also another reason behind that. I think, Peter, in my years of experience, is that people want security on the wealth they've created because the numbers become quite grand. So, you know, it's one thing to risk $5,000 when you're young, but when you're starting to risk $5 million and $10 million and $50 million, you don't want to do that anymore. It's too much money. Mm-hmm. And so people want those kinds of measures put in place to make sure that foundation. And a lot of families use the word preservation. I want to make sure I've built it now. I want to preserve it now. How do I keep it? How do I keep it for myself, obviously, in my own elder care time, but also one day when I transfer it to my loved ones and the children. I do say that a lot of our affluent families that have crafted wealth through life have what I would consider a more complex life plan than maybe our parent group would have had. Our parent group may have gone south to Hawaii for a couple of weeks a year in retirement and then, you know, stayed home the balance of the year. Well, that's not what we do in modern society. So it's very common for us if we have had success in life that we may have um, a property, let's say, in the U.S. that we attend during our winter months. And then our children may live in New York or they may live somewhere else in Canada and then we may spend time visiting them. And so what's happening is our estates are becoming much more diverse and our beneficiaries are becoming much more diverse, even in the locations of which they live. And that actually has a direct impact on your annual taxation that you're employing when you're designing your retirement design. And it also has a direct impact when you do a wealth transfer one day to your family. So it's not as straightforward as it once was where we would just customarily, you know, hold our estate ourselves, use a will when we want to transfer it one day to our spouse or children and off we go. Thankfully, though, I do say this, we have an amazing set of tools in our toolbox today in modern society for families. And when you have what we call a multi-complex estate like this, where you do have assets in many jurisdictions and you're in high tax brackets and your children live in jurisdictions and maybe you married a U.S. citizen spouse, all of a sudden you need a more sophisticated plan and you do need a life plan. And some of the tools that we get to use and operate work within the realm of not the common law system of will planning, but the trust systems of Canada. And they're not new, actually. We've been using them literally for hundreds of years in England and in the United States for all the wealthy families that have had wealth. Truthfully, we're just copying what others have done successfully, you know, for hundreds of years. But now that we have crafted wealth in Canada, we start to have the requirement and the need as families to start to employ these kinds of wonderful tools that we have. Our thanks to Sherry McMillan for sharing her insights with us today. And we welcome you to visit our website, macmillanestate.com. You can register online for Macmillan Estate Planning's upcoming Life and Legacy Seminar, Thursday evening, May 26th. This is The Strong Room.